folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We are going to have a great show for you. The outrage of the day. A rapist leaves jail. Somebody who put stuff in ladies' drinks and did had their way with them is out of jail. Remember what I talked about, a meritocracy? Remember what I talked about, fairness? Seems like that's not the case. Anyhow, we're going to have a great show for you today. Title of the show today is Looney GOP Chipotle Economics, Obama Strategist, McConnell Chooses Biden, Matthew Dowd, Vote Democratic. Looney GOP Economics decimated the country. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Obama Strategist, he gave a, a prescient statement that you all got to see. Matthew Dowd is with us today. He stayed in. You've got to vote Democratic to save our democracy. We have to vote de- vote Democratic to save our democracy. Check out the blog that goes with the, pro- the show today. Anyhow, welcome aboard, Michael Rodden. Welcome aboard, uh, Bridge MCP. How are thou doing? Anyhow, Pelosi introduces bill to establish select communi- co- committee to probe January 6th assault on Capitol. Republicans didn't want a bipartisan commission on January 26th insurrection. Fine, Democrats will go and do it themselves. But you know what? It, the bill just passed, but there are only two Republicans that voted for it. Can you believe it? Only two Republicans. The fear for Donald Trump is amazing. It's not the fear for Donald Trump. It's the fear of the herd mentality created by Donald Trump. I don't even know if Donald Trump would ultimately have control over that moss that, that, that he's created. Anyway, Trump organization expected to be charged with tax-related crimes on Thursday. True. Trump and his organizations have been running a criminal enterprise for decades. He's likely to charge, be charged with tax evasion, bank fraud, charter fraud. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Maybe if we get a whole lot of progressive elected, where people are no longer fearful of Donald Trump, maybe he'll, see, he'll, he'll then be presented with justice. But till then, money buys just about everything, including Bill Cosby's release, Bill Cosby's freedom. Okay, it's some of America's richest farmland, but what is it without water? Niet nada. Farmland that experiences a mega drought desertification is inevitable. For the short-term, crops which require a great deal of water need to be swapped out. For the long-term, we'd better deal with global warming before it takes out humanity. Look, let me tell you something, right? And first of all, you know I believe in global warming and all that good stuff. It is absolutely true. We are changing the climate. But you know what is not absolutely true? That we don't have more control than we do. Let me give a good example here. Right now, the way they're doing things, they're saying, oh, California is running out of water because of the drought and the change in patterns. That's true. But the, the reality is that if we wanted to, we could make California an oasis. There is enough energy in the air, in the sun, in the drought for us to actually build infrastructure to actually move water around. You know, there's, you know there, there, there are two things that, that I always found ironic. Republicans don't like to spend money. They like to give it away to, to the people, tax breaks to the wealthy, etc., and let the wealthy decide what they want, which is to make themselves more wealthy, to do whatever they want to do, but not to do anything that really improves on society at large. They don't think society at large first. But let me tell you what's so interesting. You would think 
that if these people are burning the carbon and all of that kind of stuff that they're doing, they would at least invest in mitigating technologies, right? But no. Or they'll invest in, in structures that mitigate much of it. Let me give you an example. The way our system has for quite a while is we have a very desert west. And we also have a, a fairly wet other places. You know, how comes with our long existence as a country, we have not created a canal system that has the ability to move water throughout the country? It's not, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and it's, it's very doable. But you know what is stopping that? Our economic system. Because nobody sees the benefit in doing this when it cannot be monetized or capitalized, right? This is just to make sure water can be anywhere that eventually will allow, in the long run, it allows capitalization. But it's there. But nobody wants to talk. We don't talk like this. We don't seek solutions. You know, if you look at the ants, the way ants are, they all work together and they get things done and a flood comes and terrorizes an ant bed that mound floats down and wherever it lands, it then the, 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 the entire building starts again. They're not going to get loaned from the ant banker or the ant candlestick maker. They all work together and get things done. We could do that if we had a different economic system. But our economic system precludes us from doing things like that. We have the manpower to do it and we have the resources to do it. We should by now have canals all over this country. And the way the canals work is where there's an overabundance of water, you can redirect it to one place. And when, where there's a, 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 you know, a, 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 where there's no water, again, it, it is, look, it is doable. We just don't have an economic system that allows it to be done. Okay, let's see. Uh, Michael Run and WikiLeaks lead witness in U.S. case against Julian Assange. Admits to fabricating evidence. Uh, I don't care to talk too much about Assange. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, take it easy. It's a scorcher today, Bridge. Yes, it is. Um, Bill Cosby, the court found that Cosby's due process rights were valid. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the case. He is a rapist. The problem is that uh, somebody promised him if he spoke, they won't use what he spoke against him or something like that. Michael Rudden says, Egberto, the only reasons our nation isn't using des desalination and pumping are the price and the political obstruction exactly? Desalination is a is one. We don't have a water shortage. Shortage. We have a, a lack of, of of ability. You know that's what we really have. So Egberto wants us all to be unthinking drones, typical Marxists. Wow! If I were an unthinking drone, wow! What would it be like? Oh my God! Not at all. I don't want us to be unthinking drones. I want us to be thinking people who realize that those of us in li living today, those of us living today are really under slavery of a capitalist system. But it's decorated in such a manner that you don't even realize that you're an actual slave. Welcome aboard, Mayor Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. All right, you know, we're going to start today with Matthew Dowd. I think he's, Matthew Dowd is going to be on on MSNBC another two times today. In fact, that's why we had to do the, the uh, interview earlier than normal. He said he was going to be on. I think he's on at 4 and 5 today on MSNBC. But anyhow, he was with us today. And he had a lot to say. So let's go ahead and 
let Matthew Dow take over, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We know the country is in trouble. And let me tell you something. If an independent guy, a guy that went from Democratic to being fed up with the Democrats and decided he's going to be a Republican and then got fed up after he realized that Republicanism became Trumpism, folks, Matthew Dowd is a political pundit and consultant and author of A New Way, Embracing the Paradox as we lead and serve. He's a vocal opponent of Trumpism and the fascist leaning sect of a, or the fascist leaning of a certain sect in this country, something that would likely pull the country down. Matthew, welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today? I'm awesome, man. It's so great to be with you. Let me tell you, um, what, you know, I, I watch you on MSNBC all the time and I remember in the old days, there were times you would have me pulling my hair out. I don't know if maybe you're responsible for my <laughs> hair being this way now. And, and, but as, as time progresses, it, it is amazing how we've really gotten into what Barber, Reverend Barber would call a sort of a fusion politics. But anyhow, uh, you said on your Twitter, Democrats are, only, are the only vehicle today to save the republic. And I must say, when I saw that, and when I heard you allude to that on MSNBC, I said, this guy has to be on because he needs to explain that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, you're right. At the start, as you mentioned at the start, I've been on a bit of a journey through my political life, always trying to figure out what place has the most integrity and what place, I mean, always trying, and it, you, it was a more personal choices I made along the way. But I have come to the point, I've, I haven't been a Republican in almost 15 years, um, I, I think I figured it out earlier than a lot of people did. Um, but the last five have been just uh, god awful. And the la I actually think the last eight months have been even worse than the four years. The four years, I actually think it's been worse uh, because it's not just a, a somebody in the White House that doesn't know what they're doing and is also completely off kilter of where the democratic values are. But now we're actually under assault. I, I think democracy is under assault. I, I, I have come to that place where I don't think the GOP can be saved in its current rendition um, it, because it's, you know, 85% Trumpism and all of the elected officials seem to be enabling it or almost, almost all of the elected officials seem to be enabling it. And so at this moment, I think the only vehicle, and though I may disagree with some of the Democrats on some issues, but I'm aligned on a lot. Uh, of it, they're the only party that actually supports democracy today, the only major political party that supports democracy today. And so in my view, the only way the Republicans will change is if they suffer devastating losses in the next few elections, this one coming up in, in 2022 and then in 2024. It is the only, they will not change from, a. they can't be moral argumented into changing. Uh, they're, they're incapable of, of engaging in that at this point. And so in my view, I'm going to do whatever it takes to elect Democrats wherever I can in whatever place, especially here in Texas. I signed up yesterday to be a, a volunteer deputy. I registrar. read that. Yeah. And I, and, and a lot of people were surprised, like what, you know, what are, you know, because I've obviously run campaigns, but I was like, you know, anything I can do um, to support that, to do that, and then tell people, this is what we need to do. Um, in, in, uh, I'm going to do. And it was great too. It was a, a little instruction and then you take a test 
And there was in this little town of Kyle, Texas, 37 people showed up um, to become- In an, Kyle? In Kyle, Texas, in this small town on this on a Tuesday night, 37 people showed up to be deputy register, volunteer deputy register. So to answer your question, I think democracy is at stake, the Democratic Party. We can argue about policy later, once we save the democracy, <laughs> once we get through this. Right. Um, but I think for right now, everybody has to put their differences behind and, and work on this. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, you, you, in, in that little uh, montage, you had a very important thing that you mentioned. You are more concerned about the last eight months than the four years of Trump. And I don't think a lot of people understand what you're saying there. I think it's important to realize while Trump is sort of a, 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 an insipid person who thinks about himself only, over the last eight months, we saw some guys who understand what is actually happening and how to command power in a particular manner. Why don't you expand on that? Because I think a lot of people don't get that. That was a very important uh, uh, statement there. So, you know, we, we can all argue about and the level of damage that Trump did to our country, which I think he did a lot, um, not only from a policy perspective, but also from just tonally and giving permission to people to do bad things. I think that, you know, he released people to do bad things. Um, but I think the last eight months now, it, you know, Trump's gone, Trump lost, and he was, Biden was inaugurated. And then almost what, 30, 40 states then proceeded to base new policies on all of this lie that there was election fraud, widespread election fraud, and all of that, restricting people's voters' rights, putting impediments in place. And the worst, to me, the worst is the ability to nullify an election. Mm. That, to me, is the worst. Yes. Because at, at the American public, I think, has a capacity, and we showed it through the civil rights movement, and they overcame a lot of impediments. But you could overcome all of these impediments, get to the polls and vote, and then some state legislature or some judge could nullify the election based on nothing. That to me is the most autocratic, dangerous thing that's taken place. And though Trump is, I call him the mad king in Mar-a-Lago, there's a ton of his sort of lieutenants that are out doing the most awful policies in an attempt to appeal to him. And uh, I never thought... I thought it was bad during Trump. I never thought democracy was fundamentally at stake during Trump. I thought there was a lot of bad things. I think democracy is at stake today. And I, and, and I think we're at the most, perilous, the most perilous moment in, um, in American politics since 1861. I think that's where we are. You know, interestingly, what I'm, what I'm watching, right, is at first, uh, the Republican Party was a tool for Trump. And what Trump was able to, what the Republican Party was able to do is make Trump the tool. And he has yet to realize that he has now become the tool. Because all the folks have gravitated towards him, they can use him now as the template. It, it, it's what I call sort of the pastor mentality, right? Uh, one of the reasons why many, many leaders, even Democratic leaders like dictators or pastors is they only have to talk to one person and then everything emanates from that one person. Yeah. Isn't that what you see with them gravitating towards Trump? Not a love for Trump, but realizing that getting Trump in line with you really gets you a lot more. Yeah, well, Trump's a weapon now. Trump's a tool. Right. Trump, 
to Trump's a tool and 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 they see that I mean the and I saw this coming for a few years that's why I said in September of 2015 that I thought Donald Trump would be the the Republican nominee for president and everybody thought I was crazy mm-hmm. because I saw what the Republican Party had become and who occupies the base of the Republican Party Marco Rubio didn't figure it out and Jeb Bush didn't figure it out Donald Trump give him credit figured out who the Republican Party really is today. And he he was able to use it, get elected and do all of those things. And so that's why defeating Trump wasn't gonna fix this problem. And I never thought it would fundamentally fix this problem. I didn't think it would get as bad as it is, um, but we have to defeat, and, and the Republican Party is really, and as you call it, Trumpism is really that. And so the only way you defeat it is, as I said, Republicans will not change if they don't suffer consequences, right? And they're not going to change because you or I, you know, you know, say something or point out something or use some logical argument. It's going to be up to the voters to rid ourselves of this in a series of elections, and not just one, but in a series of elections. So maybe they'll finally reflect back and say, we got to change because that's, I think, the only way they will. Okay, let, let, let's get a little bit technical here. And I, I want your, your wholehearted, honest opinion here. Um, one of the techniques, uh, first of all, I, I, don't believe, I don't believe in race and all that sort of issue, but I understand that America is uh, based on race and on many issues. Now, the argument that I think the Republicans are using, and to some extent quite effectively, is that that other is coming to take your birthright. And that has a certain amount of resonance with people that are not well, uh, that are that are not well schooled, if you will. And what that does is it that carnal part of your brain starts to work. How do we reach those people to under, for them to understand that those others are not your problem? It's the that thing that wants to control you, and you know what that thing is. That's really yeah. the problem. So, so I think it's going to be a lengthy process. I think if I were given advice and I, if anybody calls me to Democratic candidates and how we do this, and first of all, attacking voters and Democrats, some Democrats have had a tendency to go off in that. And mm-hmm. obviously there's a bunch of people that are white supremacists and racists and all that. And it should be pointed out, but it never works because voter, it, you, attacking voters never works. What you have to do is drive a wedge between the Republican politicians and their voters. And to me, one of the ways to do that is say, they have no respect for you, right? They have zero respect for you. And I I make an argument akin to a relationship. So if you're in a relationship with somebody, right? And that person in the relationship lies to you, doesn't share your same values, doesn't care about you, the relationship doesn't work. And that's the relationship the Republicans have with their voters right now. The voters haven't figured that out because I think they're in a defensive posture and they're a fear mode and they get in that place. But I think you can begin to make an argument that says, listen, those people, those Republican leaders think you're yahoos, right? They think you're idiots because they think they can just keep lying and making up stuff. It's almost as if they sit in a room and they're like, what crazy thing can we say to see if they'll buy it, right? And then they say some crazy thing and and it, it goes out and goes off, off into the netherworld. And so that to me is the most fundamental way. I think you've got to drive a wedge between the, 
politician and the voters. Don't attack the voters, drive a wedge between it. And the second thing in is that what Republicans are seeking to do is take away any accountability they'd have, right? And, and voting is the only way we can hold people accountable in this country. I mean, people aren't billionaires. Most people aren't billionaires. Most people don't have lobbyists. Most people don't have that. The only way they, their only instrument of accountability is, is, is voting. And so when that changes, they, a conservative person in a rural place or, a, or a, somebody right wing in a suburban place, they, I think, understand accountability, right? And so like, and it's like, you think they've come for this group, they could easily come for you at any point in time. And what's your accountability mechanism? That is the, that the magical part about that is don't go against the vote or don't, don't attack yep. the voter. And that is what I've learned over the years. And in fact, that's what I write about now. I always make sure to isolate it towards the Republican politician, the Republican sect, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, I, I, it, it behooves me. You, you, you tell people not to do that. But I think one of the things that you probably should tell the party, specifically the, the Democratic Party, is not be afraid of leaning in. I mean, here in Texas, uh, you're now a Texas resident. Uh, we have we pay into the Affordable Care Act like everybody else. We don't get the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Whether you like it or not, it's immaterial. The fact is that approximately 2,000 Texans die every single year from not having that. And not only that, you're in a rural part of uh, the state when you're in uh, wherever, wherever you are in the rural part of the state. And hospitals are actually or have actually been closed because yep. we don't have that. I don't see Texas Republicans and Republicans in many of these other places making, the, making it a bread and butter issue for each of those Republicans that are voting against your interests. Your thoughts on that? So I completely agree with you. And there's, first of all, I mean, you're exactly right. And I, I'm a believer that government ought to not do everything. Government ought to do a few things to support people to make the decisions in their lives and, and, and enable them to live a healthy life and then they can do whatever they want with their life, right? One of those important aspects is healthcare, right? Is healthcare. And it's not just a, a, a black issue or a Latino issue. It's also a white issue because there's a whole bunch of people, poor whites, people in rural areas that are voting Republican that don't com completely grasp what's happening here. And so <laughs> the, 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 and my argument would be we spend in Texas $250 billion a year. Our budget is two. We have the third highest budget in the nation that Texas does. Third highest budget in the nation, $250 billion budget over a biennium over two years. And to, to, for the cost of what the governor of the state is trying to do with a wall along Mexican border, we could expand Medicaid and close the gap on people that don't have access to health care. And you know what else is interesting? If you expand Medicare in Texas, you create 200,000 jobs. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, you, 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 I've told many on my program, including on KPFT, that fiscal responsibility dictated that we accept the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, whether you like it or not. That's not the point. It is law. You can try to change it if you want to later on, but while it's there, ideology, putting ideology over fiscal responsibility is a problem. Exactly. 
It's amazing. Anyway, look, we're getting close to the end of our time. And let me, t- let me tell you what I'd like to ask you to do. I always ask this as my last question. What didn't I ask you that you want me, that you would have liked me to ask you? And what would you like to tell our audience going forward? So uh, you asked a lot of great questions. I, 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 here's what I'd like to say. It's, it's a very concerning moment and I'm um, incredibly concerned, but I have a great hope because I believe that if we can energize and engage the American public on this, who have, we share, most of us share the same fundamental values in a way, we can get through this and we can actually get through this. It's almost as if there was a scab, we needed to tear off the bandage, the bandage was torn off, it hurt, but we actually needed some cleaning to do of the American experiment. And so I think this is a moment to just wade in and, and, and engage in that cleaning and healing of the process. I would say people should, to people first on a set of values and then talk policy. Relate on a set of values, share a common set of values. And the other thing I would say was I would ask your audience is this election is going to be more important than the last election. It is going to be way more important than defeating Donald Trump. This next election has to make an attempt at defeating Donald and Trumpism. So people turned out in 2000, in 2020, please, please, please engage in 2022. Matthew Dowd, political pundit and consultant and author and new savior of the democracy. Thank you so kindly for having been on part Politics Done Right. Part of the team like you are, man. Just part of the team. Thank you very much, Matthew. Thank you. Great to be here. We- All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. Look, um, I want to first talk to Daniel Ledo because Daniel Ledo is absolutely right. Listen to him. He's absolutely right except for saying that both of us clowns, meaning myself and Matthew Dowd, these two clowns, made a fatal flaw. Because here's what Daniel says. They think Trump created a state of current Republican ideology? Nope. Emerging Republican ideology created Trump. It is not about who carries the standard. It is about the ideology. Ultimately, it is millions of Americans you must contend with to purge the ideology. You are absolutely right, my brother Daniel. I agree with you. And not only have I agreed with you, but that is something that I preached. I've always said that Donald Trump was nothing more than a creation of who the Republican Party had become. I've spoken about that. But here's the magic here. Um, there, was a, there was an effort created in, ni- in the 1960s under Lewis Powell to create the dissension, to create the misinformation, to create the lack of education, to create the, uh, the, to create the thing that said uh, to be educated is, is elitist, to be educated there's something wrong, to have physics, civics. You were, those, of, those in, that new, in that Republican ilk more so than before, or the creation of Lewis Powell. Ironically, Lewis Powell was a Democrat later assigned to the Supreme Court by Richard Nixon. But they decided they were going to create think tanks to lie to you. The fact that you're calling what we are talking about, oh, we are a slow march to Marxism. Look, I don't care what you want to call it, but if you poll the things that we support, free enterprise, numero uno, uh, uh, health care for all, numero dos, uh, daycare for kids, the ability, I mean, we, we, we support things that 
humanity asks for and a society is supposed to give. A benevolent, humane society is supposed to give. That's what we stand for. That's all. You want to call it socialism, Marxism? I don't care what the hell you want to call it. But it is something that is mathematically sound. It's not only mathematically sound, it is more capable, it keeps more people alive, and it gives you a better life. And we do have experiments to show that. The reason why other countries like the Scandinavian countries where people are much happier is they don't have the concerns and worries that we have for the rat race. And in America, the only ones that have that real concern are the ones who are the slaves, the ones who have to depend on the wealthy to uh, serve the wealthy so that they will get their peanuts. So we get it. But one of the things that, if you notice, uh, Matthew ended on, which is something that I also placed in my book, uh, How to Make America Utopia, is we have to first talk to people on a human level. Let them realize that we put on our pants the same way. Let them realize that we are seeking the same thing for our kids. We are not the boogie person that Fox News and AON and Newsmax make liberals and progressives out to be because most people are, in fact, liberals and progressives. They may not like abortion. They may not like transgender people. They may be racist. All these different things may be true. But the basic values of things that they want fall in the same basket, you know? And, and, and further education would even eliminate things like innate racism in a large percentage in, in the vast majority when they realize that it is a silly thing, when they realize it's an illness. So that is the truth. So Daniel, Ledo, your statement is so right. Every now and then, a clock is right twice a day, I guess, whether it's working or not, right? So you're, you're right about that, Mr. Ledo. All right, let's continue here. Uh, he, let's see what else. Bridge, I mean it. Let's see if I have anything else to read. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I, it's, it is hard to imagine I share any fundamental values with a Marxist like Egberto. The funny thing about it is I know that's what you've been made to believe, that you and I are so different. But if I sat down with you item for item, and if you ever decided to be honest, you'll say, damn it. That would be nice. That would be nice. If you ever allowed the implanted ideology from the Powell Manifesto to vacate your cranio. Yes, you will see that, Mr. Ledo. One of the reasons you'll never see me throw hate at you, brother, is I know from whence the ideology comes. Honestly, I know from whence it comes. Bridge MC's fee. Well, you do. You feel, you bleed, you need, you eat... Oh, I love you, Bridge. You're so right. Rose William. Hey, Rose. How you doing, my beautiful friend? There are huge problems with moving water great distances. Irrigation is not without serious consequences. Taking too much from the resource, increased salinity. I, I agree with that 100%, uh, Rose. But can be done. But can be done. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Daniel Ledo, once again, you're misrepresented. Yeah, exactly. Misrepresented and twisting facts. Exactly right. But that is, what they, that is what they are taught to do. Our good friends on the right, they have to, you have to twist stuff if you're going to make reality look like fantasy. You, the only way to do it is to twist it. Only way to do it. Well, Daniel, we can still sit to drink and talk. Ah, look at my girl. You're right about that, girl. All right, let's see what else we got here. 
Uh, I would be happy to do that. Bring tissues. I do not filter. <laughs> okay, Daniel. Eric Hayes, people believe what they want, respect their opinions, and move on and learn that you too as... Look, we can move on. It's okay to say, let people think whatever they want and move on. That is perfectly fine, Eric Hayes. However, it is perfectly un un unattainable to do that in all cases. When we all have to vote on policy that makes our lives better or not, we can't just sit back and say, you can do you and me do me. Unless you want the... Look, actually, there is a slight way in which that can be done that I've talked about before. It's called a bifurcation of America. Let me give an example. Uh, there, there's, let's say, 50-something percent of people want Medicare for all. And another 40-something percent want the draconian murdering system that we have for healthcare right now. What we can say is, okay, we have two systems, but we have to be honest with ourselves and say, we will force everybody to live within the system they choose. The problem with progressives like myself is even if you make a big mistake and you break a leg or you get sick, I'm going to still want to bring you into the fold. Just a soft-hearted SOB. But if we could create the laws that prevents me from doing that and then says, you can go into the healthcare system of your choice, but you have to live within that healthcare system of your choice and live within that system of your choice and see what happens. I guarantee you we will have more, more people in our system and not only will we have more people in our system, we would have the most educated we will have the most vibrant, and we would produce more. And let me give you why. People always say things like, if you prevent people from making as much profit as they want to make, innovation would end. It would stifle. And I always laugh at that because Republicans and centrist Democrats say that as if there's some fact, factual thing behind that. It's the biggest lie. Let me prove the biggest lie for you. The people who design and create things in this country are engineers, teachers, doctors, and others of that kind of profession. The people who have the most amount of money are general bona fide investors and all these guys that will do all kinds of stuff to make money. And guess what? They produce nada, niet, nothing. The person who is on a fixed, comfortable salary, a high salary for certain engineers and doctors, a medium salary for others, but that they're living comfortably. They don't have to go out there and do crazy things. They're innovative. They want to create. It is a lie that, uh, that, that somehow having a high-tax system where everybody pays their fair share will hurt innovation. It's a lie. We're living it right now to prove it's a lie. How do we know? Because innovation don't come from the people with money. Innovation come from the average person in a lab. Innovation come from the average professor at a university. Innovation come from all these places. The movers of capital have those of us that are innovators running to beg. Look, I have a good idea. Could you please fund me? I have a great idea. Could you please fund me? And what usually happens is the government funds the great idea initially. And when the government has proven that the great idea works, then comes those parasites from the capitalist system to then turn that into a whole lot of capital for a very few. That is the reality of how things work. Read my book, please. I urge you. 
how to make America utopia. How to, it's not a meritocracy. The people with the most money aren't the people that create anything. Please, I beg of thee, understand the truth. We've been lied to. We have been lied to for decades from the inception of our country. We've been lied to. Anyway, it's time for me to go ahead and ask. Folks, please, if you are on YouTube, please click that join button. Become a part of our posse. Become a part of the PDR posse. That is how we are going to get truth across so that we can stop voting against our own interests. That is how we are going to bring in brothers and sisters. We may not immediately bring in Daniel Ledo, but we'll bring in a lot of folks like Daniel Ledo. We'll bring in a lot of folks like Eric Hayes because I've already done that. We have already done that. We have, and if you doubt it, election, the, the explosion in the amount of people that voted on the left side in the electorate this time proves the point. And that's what we have to continue. But help us do it. We've got to be funded. Please go ahead and click that join button. Become a part of the posse. If all of us do a very little, we can get this stuff done. If all of us do a little. So please go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube if you don't have a join button on your, on your, on your YouTube. And here's the link right here. It is uh, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can also go ahead and get our cup. You see that cup that's on the screen where some of our, our, our loyal members have already purchased? You can go ahead and get our cup at that link that I just played. Oops, I put two links up there. Let me put the first one up there. You can get, get the cup at any one of those links, but let me put the correct link up there. Just get, ah, para ver qué, mier, qué mariconada está pasando aquí. Okay, there we go. Here is the link for the cup. Now, there are several ways to, other ways to support us. You can either click that dollar sign on the YouTube thing and give us a super chat. I love super chats as well. Or you can go ahead and support us on Patreon. I need 1,000 members at Patreon and 1,000 members at, uh, at YouTube. Here is the Patreon button, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. You can also support us at PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Anything you buy at a store, the profits go right back into our, our business here, making sure that we can get that data out to people, inform people. Because we, look, it's not that the mainstream media is bad. It's just that their, their, their hands are tied. There's just so much they can tell you, but we can unabashedly give you full info. So please, again, politicsandright.com. And if you want to try out our books, and let me put the scroll back with our books on, please go ahead and get our books. Look, I made it. I made a sincere effort with three books, okay? Uh, this one was the last one that I wrote, How to Make America Utopia. Show that we're not a meritocracy and how things could really be. Uh, this one here says... We can't just do this alone. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. You have to find a way to reach out to others. Some of them are going to push back. Like Daniel Ledo pushes back all the time. But you know what? Daniel Ledo is here with us. And you know what? I respect Daniel Ledo for being here with us. I respect Eric Hayes. These are the conservatives I'm calling out. Michael Cisak for being here and hanging with us. Yeah, they attack us all the time. But don't ever doubt that at some point, some nerve doesn't get hit. And of course, the first book that I wrote, as I see it, Class Warfare, the Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. And the war that we're talking about is the war, it's an it's a intelligence war. It's a war of getting ourselves intelligent, of really understanding how things really work. Because the economic system that, we've taught, that we were taught wasn't the side of the economic system that 
everybody sees, right? Or it's, it's a sign that everybody sees. They don't tell you what's the underlying danger of the economic system. They don't tell us how it really doesn't work. Uh, so we have to be able to communicate, but to communicate we also need to learn and understand. So please go, click that join button, become a member, uh, uh, either on YouTube by clicking that join button or go to politicsandright.com slash Patreon or Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I repeat that because we are also on podcasts and most of our views are in fact on podcasts. And um, also politicsandright.com slash PayPal to provide support, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash books to get all of our books. Okay, um, let's see. Eric says, it is, not, uh, it is not attacking, it is sharing a point of view which is important enough to bring up and discuss rationally. I don't, I mean, I completely agree with you, sir. Completely agree with you. Breach says, hey, all going to leave early. House inspector coming. Oh, I'm going to miss you, Breach, but thank you for, ha- for the time that you spend with us. I'll talk to you mañana. Uh, you as well, Daniel Ledeau. All right, great. Eric Hayes said it's not. I read Eric already. And uh, let's see. Rose says, at the university, I have been fortunate to work with so many innovative and hardworking people who routinely go out of their way to be supportive and help others. Money is not the motivation factor. You know what? Uh, Russia, uh, Russia is, it, it, people like to call Russia a communist country. First of all, Russia wasn't communist. Russia was corrupt. But it just shows you that even in these corrupt communists, whatever type of country you want to call them, innovation occurs. Great innovations and innovators came out of Russia. Great innovations and innovators come out of China. People that say, oh, they copied everything from America. No, all of us copied from each other. America, when America wanted to build rockets, it brought Goddard out of the Nazis into America to build rockets. Come on, guys. Let's not allow them to keep lying to us. Let's educate ourselves. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, about the stimulus. Or not the stimulus, but the um, uh, infrastructure deal. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. After a successful negotiation between Republicans and Democrats, Biden came out and he said that the only way he will sign the infrastructure bill, the the bipartisan infrastructure bill, is if it came along with the human infrastructure bill. That was great. Every single progressive is happy with that. Actually, most Democrats are happy with that, but Republicans called foul. And Cinema and Manchin, we know they were probably kind of iffy about that as well. And you have to ask yourself why. Everybody knows that progressives are not going to go along with the signing of a bipartisan bill that is really nothing more than a Republican bill and not support a human infrastructure bill or not make sure that that human infrastructure bill is there, the thing that Democrats and those people who are humane really want. I want you to listen to uh, Kai Komanduri, which is um, the, a strategist, Obama strategist of Ye Yonder. And you need to understand the McConnell methodology, you have to understand the Republican orthodoxy and Trumpism all in one. Listen to what he has to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. 
We are joined now by political strategist Chaco Maduri, who worked on the Obama presidential campaign and has advised other Democratic campaigns. Why is it important to understand that even if there weren't a ton of Republican moderates in the old days, there's a, di a big difference between a few and virtually none? Well, you can see the difference right now in this, what I would say is so-called bipartisan infrastructure deal. What we actually really have is a Republican deal that some Democrats or really Democrats in general support. But there is nothing in this infrastructure deal that Trump himself wouldn't have signed. The only reason he didn't sign such a deal is because he and the Republicans were simply too lazy to put together a piece of legislation like this and send it to him for his signature. Now, Biden and the Democrats did the work and they therefore have this bipartisan deal. That seems to be the new definition of bipartisanship. Democrats do the work and maybe Republicans, some Republicans, go along with it. However, the old-fashioned version of bipartisanship was that Republicans would in many cases acknowledge and acquiesce on some level to the ideological priorities of Democrats. That simply did not occur here, which is why we're talking about this partisan budget reconciliation to get some of those priorities actually through. You, you lay it out, it's very important what you're saying, Che, because sometimes language has a way of having sort of residual associations. Okay. So when people say, go negotiate or bargain, those meetings are thought of as automatically ending with something in the middle, and there's a certain school of politics that likes that. Or Joe Manchin, as you pointed out in one of our earlier discussions, he associates the filibuster as a tool for compromise. Um, one can debate when that was true, it's certainly not true now. So the residual language there is that, no, it's not a moderating device. It's not a compromising device. It's a Mitch McConnell uh, hostage-taking device. And it's not personal. What I preach about your analysis is this isn't the personalities. This is the structure of what they're doing. To that end, Mitch McConnell was asked a somewhat clever question about his favorite Democratic president. Um, guess who it is? Take a look. You're stranded on a desert island, and you can only have one companion. Your choices are Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, or Jimmy Carter. Who do you choose? I would pick Biden. He lands on, on Biden, uh, and yet he's here to crush Biden's agenda. Yeah, and it's all very much by design. I mean, we talked about last week how the Voting Rights Act would have been a long-term institutional investment in the future of the Republican Party. You most certainly would have increased the number of moderate Republicans who exist because those moderate Republicans would have to exist because market forces would force Republicans to go after young voters, more diverse voters, and then play in non-gerrymandered nonpartisan districts. That would have increased the number of moderate Republicans. However, Mitch McConnell doesn't want more moderate Republicans. He doesn't like the moderate Republicans. And as much as he claims to dislike Trump, boy, does he love the Trump Republicans. The reality is the Trump Republicans are pliant and they follow orders. You know, to put it in movie terms, they may roar like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, but what they really are is that cowardly lawyer in the outhouse ready to be food for the real monster who's Mitch McConnell. The engineering technological advantage of the evil emanating out of Mitch McConnell. Look, let, 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 let's explain it because I don't want to hit Biden because he was chosen by McConnell. I want to put it in context. We have the mainstream media. The mainstream media, most of those reporters in the mainstream media do good work. They're good. They follow the rules of journalism that they learned in school. Unfortunately, with the inception of the Powell Manifesto and the think tanks that they created, they were able to create a narrative that was able to subjugate the, the, journalism, te the journalism techniques 
that's learned by these students in school. So they get co-opted. You can't have the same kind of fear and balanced journalism anymore because fair and balanced journalism and a journalism that doesn't take a point of view and a journalism that listens to one side as equally as it does the other side. Well, the Republicans said this, the Democrats said this, now American choose. That does not work anymore because you cannot ask an America who uh, was placed by the Powell Manifesto with a lesser degree of understanding of their own political spheres to make a rational decision based on he said, she said, and the journalist is neutral. It doesn't work anymore. And I, I reflect that on to El Señor Presidente Biden. Biden believes in the techniques of the past. The filibuster was there so that even the people in the minority will have a voice. Of course, we know there's a Bill of Rights that prevents, um, that, that prevents a minority from getting abused. So simple majorities should be just fine for policies that doesn't fall under the, the, um, the, uh, the Bill of Rights. But he believes in the old school, what he was taught, what he was brought up in the filibuster. So we waste a lot of time. We waste a lot of time trying to negotiate with terrorists, which is what we have. And in the process, we lose time. And in the process, Americans lose hope or they lose the belief that you can actually deliver. And then you get real close to the next election and it's either very close or you lose. We have to understand these concepts. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time, time to placate. We don't have time to create a fall, a fall bipartisanship. We give the offers. If the offers are denied, then we go it alone. And I don't mean letting the offers be drugged out for weeks upon weeks upon weeks because that is but a stalling tactic that Mitch McConnell has used before and knows well. And when he is in power, there is no stalling tactic allowed. He couldn't get a Supreme Court judge, so he simply abolished the filibuster for the Supreme Judge. If Democrats don't start fighting as if they believe in the, what they believe in, in that they are going to take care of those who put them in office, some of them who had never voted before, if they don't come through for those people, 2022 will be la vie. The truth of the matter, 2022 should be a landslide for progressives because there's a lot of good policy out there just needed to be passed. And I predict it will be, in fact, 2022 a landslide. Now, I, you know, I, I spoke about innovation doesn't know from whence it comes, whether you're in a oppressive government or not. Innovation occurs. Capitalization of the innovation is what's at issue. Capitalization of the innovation. And what we do great in America is, is we are best of capitalizing something. And what capitalization of an innovation really means in our current economic system is that you invent and somebody who knows nothing about science 
but knows everything about this economic system makes the spoils, makes most of the money out of your innovation. Now, when it comes to Daniel Ledo, he wants to throw something out. Notice that Egberto said that, uh, that, that innovation came out of Russia. A lot of innovation came out of Russia, a ton. You just don't call it innovation out of Russia because, again, we are not very educated in this place because we want to make sure and keep people uninformed, uneducated. I don't like to use a word, but stupid. Uh, but I, I tell you what, again, uh, I see that Rudnan placed a few things out there. But we have to remember, they got Sputnik up, a satellite up, before we did. Not that we couldn't have done it before. We had different priorities. It is like now. We've fallen behind many countries and many in, in infrastructure and many other places. Not because we can't do it. We made that choice to be less than. But if you want to go on to... Uh, I noticed what... what um. Michael gave you her things based in 2010, 2015, etc. One could say that, well, that's when Russia became a bit more capitalist. I'll go further. I said, let's go right after Bol the Bolshevik Revolution. Why after the Bolshevik Revolution? Because that is when all this communist stuff was instituted, right? Well, look up somebody called Valentin Glusko and all the different inventions that he came up with. Look at things like the pressure suit. Look at all these other things that, that have been invented. A lot of them came from Russia. That's not to discount what we have done innovatively in America. That is not to discount what they have done innovated in Africa or in Asia. But you see, you don't get those notions. You know, we, we, our cotton industry took off. When the cotton gin was inv invented. And somebody named Eli Whitney got credit for inventing the cotton gin. You know why he got credit? Because the black man who de de actually designed it, the, 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 it was rooted by, it was rated by the attorney general. He could not get a patent for his creation of the cotton gins. So look, when we talk about systemic racism, when we talk about innovation, when we talk about all these issues, put it all together, folks. Again, these are all realities very few people really know. Politics done right, we only tell the truth. Only the truth. Now, with respect to Eric Hayes and other people coming to this country to get rich, you know what? A lot of people come here and see that we have a free-for-all in the stock market, a gambling casino, and they have money to gamble with. Wouldn't you do the same thing, too, if you were unethical? And a lot of, a lot of people who mess with capital are, in fact, unethical. They come out here and they say, hey... If I go ahead and throw my stock there, I can sucker a lot of money out of the yahoos in, in America who believe in this capitalism crap. They buy up all my stock and I run away with the loot back to my country. Yeah, why not? If we want to believe in a system that, that, that is, designed, is designed to scan you, if you, want to, if, you are, if you set yourself up into a system that says, wait a minute, I created this thing. And I do all the work to make those cars drive and build the roads. And a few, 0.1% of the guys can live in those buildings that I built. I can't even touch those buildings. You support it. You agree that you are less than they are. You see, I believe all of us are, are, are equal. I believe all of us have equal access to success. But a lot of times there is a boot on our neck. My goal is to make us so informed that we don't sit down and look at Bill Gates and think Bill Gates has something over us because he does not. There are parts of programming I am sure I am better at 
than Bill Gates. And there are part of programmings he's better at than I am. And there are part of programmings that John Peter is better than I am. And I, I see Bruce in here. Bruce is a hell of an engineer. There's a, there's, a, there's a part of chemistry I could hold water to Bruce with. But I could tell uh, Bruce about some kinematics that he would know about. Because we are all a composite of, of, of amalgamated knowledge that no one should have preeminence. No one. No one. Carl Cox, Republicans fight for civil evil causes, Democrats fight for common good. True. Egberto, if you think it isn't following one of these enumerated... Uh, thank you very much, my brother. I appreciate you, uh, uh, Mr. Rudnan. Uh, Egberto, great visit today for once. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Michael Rudnan, Egberto, when someone says a country hasn't had any innovation, it's simply... Uh, look up to see how much of that is ignorance. Egberto, pick a year. Uh, exactly, Michael. It wasn't hard to find all the stuff that Russians in, in created and, and created. And things that we are using that are created or invented by Russians. Capitalism is not bad. Several nonprofits count on them. for No, they don't count on capitalism for growth. Well, they take the capitalist dollar because they don't have a choice. But no, capitalism is, again... If you understand the tenets of capitalism, it is impossible for any ethical person to look at it and say it is okay for you to make a ton of money off of somebody else's worth while they starve. While you don't want to pay taxes, while they starve. Regulated, we can say, well, we want to regulate capitalism. Yeah, we can regulate capitalism in a tough manner. At that point, it doesn't become capitalism. It becomes free enterprise. That's what I want. Folks, all we got to do is learn. Bill Gates keeps secrets, Egberto uh, doesn't. Thank, exactly, brother. Bruce Pollard, Russians are great chemical engineers. Thank you, brother. You know, and, and, and Bruce is a hell of an engineer. A hell of a chemical, a scientist, actually. Bruce is a smart dude. Scientist, 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 scientist. Anyhow, let me tell you guys. Uh, look, we're coming close to the end of the program. Please go ahead and click that join button. Become part of our posse. Wages for labor below poverty is an immorality. Michael Rudden is absolutely right. Uh, Eric Hayes says, read the statement and don't read into it because you are very wrong on this nonprofit. Use them for growth. Uh, we'll discuss that another day because I'm out of time, but understand what I'm saying. Uh, anyhow, Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon to support us. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal to support us. Politicsandright.com slash store to stop shop at our store. And politicsandright.com slash books. To get any one of our several books, audiobooks, Kindle books, you name it, we got it. Look, guys, thank you so kindly for having been here. My name is Egberto Willis, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.